Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. And our panelist who's on the line is Ron Howard. Uh, Rob Howard is actually a U.S. Navy veteran and president CEO of Zodiac Solutions, LLC. So he is here today to talk about microgrid opportunities for veterans. Hey, Rob, I didn't know uh, we had an opportunity for microgrids. Tell me about that. (laughs) Well, well, what's interesting uh, about microgrids is the fact that it's a part of the changing utility landscape. One of the things, you know, when we come on with you guys, you do such a great job of sharing resources and information, and we thought with, with as broad as your platform is, we really need to get veterans who are, are, are coming home or have the skills that they learned in the military to really help with microgrids. And so that's why we kind of wanted to talk about it, because we all know electricity. Mm-hmm. We turn our lights on. We have, you know, all the gadgets and things in our home. But as these grids are changing, it's really important that our veterans recognize that they can take the experience that they got from the military and transfer that into where the utilities are going. Mm-hmm. So what, what kind of veterans are those? Are those like engineers or, you know, we have an Army Corps of Engineers. We have uh, people who are in aviation, aircraft, mechanics, all that kind of stuff. So, so who, you know, who specifically in the military is like sort of leaning towards this discipline? Well, well, I would, there's, there's several. Okay. And the ones that you, you think of right away are, let's say, like I, I was a Navy uh, nuclear machinist mate. Mm-hmm. So, so all of the, the folks who worked in propulsion, um, whether they were machinist mates, electronics technicians, um, mechanics of any sort, uh, you know, that's an area. But also logistics. Those who were um, in the military, in the Army, or in the Marine Corps, where, look, we go out in the middle of the field and we need to set up camp. Mm-hmm. Well, what you do, you make sure you get the generators running so we can power our equipment. You are literally uh, uh, involved in an off-grid, or what we call a mini-grid, not in micro-grid, because the difference, we start talking micro-grid, that's the civilian um, example of being able to actually connect to the grid. You're doing that similar activity that you do when you set up so you are self-sustained with your power, but you also have the ability to connect to the grid if necessary. So when would that come into play? Look at Texas when they had the power outages. Well, guess what? Because the system is down, if you have your microgrid set up, guess what? You do not lose power. You go right to your emergency power systems. Or um, we're dealing with flooding, and, and, and first of all, I do want to say, you know, my heart goes out and we need to lift up in prayer those folks who are dealing with these these disasters, whether it is down in New Orleans or along the eastern seaboard, because they're happening. And microgrids are one of, one of the ways we can kind of push back and make sure we get people power, particularly when it's necessary in emergency situations. Oh, fantastic. Because yeah, many of those people who are suffering right now are veterans as well, and their families, Gold Star families, who are caught up in this 
natural disaster that we're uh, going through, both in California with the wildfires and then from Louisiana all the way up to New Jersey and New York. Uh, so you know, you're absolutely right for you know uh, recognizing them. And uh, but when you said propulsion mates, I was thinking about you know drill sergeant and first sergeants. I thought you were talking about people propel you through the dust and dirt. <laughs> oh. <laughs> now we're, we're thinking about those navy ships, man. We we have to you know got to get them where they need to go. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, so, you know, because you were mentioning, you know, that power sources. So does this tie into the things that we have now, renewable energies like, you know, solar power and wind power? Uh, is that part of this grid system? Absolutely. Oftentimes, you know, we're, you know, I'm in California. And so I just automatically assume when I'm talking about microgrids that it would include whether it is solar, wind, battery storage, but what we learned, um, and I'll talk in a minute about some of the, you know, I want veterans to be looking at opportunities to get training on on this and one of the places they can go to do that. But the microgrid allows us to have multiple power sources, power storage, as well as being able to distribute that power to, to whatever we're trying to power at the time, whether it is um, an example, um, not just for us here, but imagine being able to set up a microgrid and then go to an area, um, Haiti, Africa, uh, Puerto Rico, after the storms, and be able to set up and provide power, whether it is for uh, just so people can get medical care, get vaccinations, or uh, simply creating a doctor's office. Microgrids allow us the flexibility to provide power in places where we don't have it, and to provide emergency power in places where we do, but maybe there's a reliability issue. Okay. Yeah, because a lot of the power lines were knocked down by big trees and, you know, the winds that came through and the flying debris from, you know, dislodged roofs and that kind of thing. So, yeah, so it sounds like you have a sort of like redundancy built into this too, like with the infrastructure, you know, how the power is transmitted or how you get uh, access to it. Right. So one, one of the one of the things we really have to start making the drawing a connection is that with climate change, mm-hmm. a small elevation of temperature in the ocean means that I have hundreds of miles of water that's going to be warmer, which means it's going to be evaporating, which means my hurricanes, um, my, my tropical storms are going to be getting stronger mm-hmm. and stronger and stronger. And what does that mean? That means our grids are more and more at risk. And so if we haven't uh, underground our transmission lines, then guess what? Mm-hmm. They're subject to go down. And microgrids allow us, let's say we have a city, a town, we have our microgrid, and the big grid goes, the, the grid goes down, mm-hmm. we're able to, because we can remember, microgrid, I can connect or not connect, now I have my solar panels that I can deploy. I have, in some cases, wind. I have diesel generators. And when the sun's out and my solar panels are running, if I'm not using all the power, guess what? I can charge my battery so as the sun goes down, guess what? I still have power available through my battery, and that way refrigeration is available to me. Communication systems are available to me. That's the, the beauty of it is that it creates redundancy and, resi- and, and becomes more resilient. Our systems have to be more resilient. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So tell me more about this. Um, 
you know, you, you were saying there were opportunities for training for our veterans. And uh, what kind of background do you have to have in order to be, be trained? Or do you have to have a certain level of degree, a high school degree, college degree, uh, master's degree? What, what kind of background do you need? Typically for the basics, um, there's a program, a microgrid program, that actually veterans, um, you don't need a, uh, a specific degree to have your veteran experience um, and the interest to be engaged in that is at Arizona State University. They have a LEAPS program where they actually teach you about microgrids. And so um, I think the next program, they just had one uh, two or three weeks ago, it's a week-long program. You literally go to Arizona State University, and you're, it's a boot camp. So you are in class all day for a week. And they have another one coming up in March. But that'll, that gives you the background you need to better understand um, what microgrids are, what the mini-grids are, how they work, um, the things to look for. Um, it, it is, it, it's a wealth of knowledge. So that's one of the areas. Other ways are what I would recommend for veterans, start looking at your local community colleges and universities and look for microgrid training programs because it will be in some in the engineering area, but it's about sustainability um, with your local grids. And that's, this is something that's going to be happening not just in the civilian world, but the military is going to be, I mean, they have to look at sustainability and reliability. Uh, if you something happens and I, I don't have power, I still need it on my base. I have to maintain readiness. That's right. That's right. And then, you know, one of the, the tragic things we saw, you know, in the absence of a microgrid is uh, back in Louisiana when a couple of the hospitals where they had to move patients who were on ventilators uh, because their backup generators failed. And uh, because the wind actually was pushing heat back into the room and it caused the generators to shut down, actually a couple of fires. And so, uh, you know, be, paying attention to this is critical, especially, you know, you know, it's like uh, my grandmother used to say, you know, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. So as this thing happens again and again and we see these storms coming, Katrina, you know, Rita, you know, now we have Ida, you know, and multiple storms in between. We have to wake up at some point and say this microgrid thing is important, right? Well, well, well absolutely. And I and I will tell you, um, my, my partner, Rob Matthews with Brevian Energy, is from New Orleans. Huh. He can tell you, I mean, it's, it's heart-wrenching that we need, it seems that we need the crisis in order to really dig in and start understanding that the preparation has to be there. And that's where veterans come in. Yeah. Veterans know that during our service, we didn't wait till something happened. We prepared for something to happen. So when it did, we were able to go right into um, operation. And that's really the part we need to start looking at is if we think these storms are going to get easier and easier, it ain't going to happen. Good luck. Climate change is real. It's here. And it's requiring us to be better prepared. And veterans have the skill sets that, are, that will, will really – not on, they'll continue saving our country and, and globally because of the knowledge they have. And now microgrid training really gets them to hone in on the specifics necessary to transfer their knowledge from the military to civilian um, utility operations. Yeah, so it sounds like there are going to be more and more jobs coming in the future. 
uh, especially with, uh, you know, this infrastructure bill that's in place now, um, uh, that, that's, you know, the government, uh, President Biden's administration is really put, starting to pump a lot of money towards making sure this infrastructure is um, actually repaired uh, to begin with, but then also improved and is more thoughtfully constructed. So this sounds like it's going to be a booming kind of industry, you know, as we're going forward. Well, well, the key for veterans and, and just citizens in general that support veterans is we have to continue to have these conversations with our congressional uh, delegations about mm-hmm. ensuring that not only are we going to replace the old infrastructure mm-hmm. with more old design, but really start looking forward to what is sustainable, what will be able to withstand the storm. And, and, and as an example, just a simple example, it's underground uh putting your wires underground, well, the storm won't take them out. Now, it's going to be difficult because it's much more expensive. So so those are the conversations we're going to have to have because, again, I cannot stress it enough. Climate change is happening, and our veterans have the knowledge, skills, and abilities in order to help us create the grid of tomorrow. We're going to need more uh, charging stations for electrical power, which, you know, of course, solar, wind, battery storage, but also, you know, really start looking at the, the new technology that's coming on board with hydrogen fuel cells and the fact that I don't need sunlight for that. Um, that's power that can be generated, you know, at night when you, I don't have solar or when the wind's not blowing. So there's, there's opportunities there, and again, for, for your audience, Start looking at your community colleges. Start looking at your engineering schools. Start literally call your your congresspeople and say, hey, what are we doing on infrastructure? Because that then they're able to say, hey, in your area, here are some of the projects that are going on. And then you get connected with your building trades. You get connected with the construction companies and, and with your background of logistics or operations or electrical, technical uh, training that you got in the military, you're what they're looking for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really, really interesting because then you have to meet the needs of the people in the community because even our uh, federal response and national response framework has uh, language, you know, that, that is consistent with that about being scalable, resilient, you know, um, and adaptable, you know, to changing circumstances. And we, have cha- we definitely have changing circumstances that we have to respond to in a logical way. So I, I really appreciate what you're saying. So, um, you know, is there a way some? Do you have a website that people can go to, or a telephone number, or some way of contacting you about getting more information on programs? Yeah, if 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 they want to get information, particularly about microgrids, I would say the person to talk to directly is, like I said, my business partner Rod Matthews, and. Uh-huh. I'm going to give you the number if people are ready. Okay. First of all, Rod, Rod um, the email um, is uh, rmatthews at brevianenergy.com. B is in Bravo, R-E-V-I-A-N, energy.com. But I'm going to give you the number. That way it'll be a lot easier. Okay. And that number is uh, 858 is the area code, 518-9964. Okay, excellent. Yeah, so it's 858. 
518-9964 and R. Matthews at Brevian, B-R-E-V-I-A-N, energy.com. Correct. Yeah. And the two of us, and you guys have my information, is Robert at Z-O-D-I-L-L-C.com. For Zodiac Solutions LLC, Zodi-LLC.com. And it's 760-828-3058. And if people are looking for programs and thinking about getting into that area, then that's really going to be how you do it. It's it's doing the homework, doing the research, getting involved in the programs, because you want to prepare before all of the infrastructure dollars get there and the jobs are going out. Let's try to get ahead of the game by making sure we are familiar with what's going to be needed. Okay, excellent. Yeah, so it sounds like you really have been thinking about how this thing really uh, goes, and we're starting to run out of time. But maybe you can give us an idea. What What is your vision for this? Where, where do you think we need to be as far as, you know, energy security, uh, resilience, and that kind of thing? Uh, what What's your vision for the future? I mean, we're starting to move towards electric cars. I'm starting to look at Teslas on the road. I think they're ugly cars, but a lot of people seem to love them. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 just know because of where the electric vehicle, um, where the industry is going, yeah. right now there's a lot of them who look like just regular cars that you don't know. Right. They're actually um, testing a bunch of vehicles now and pickup trucks. So just okay. keep that in mind. There's a lot of testing going on. There's a lot of autonomous vehicle testing going on. But overall, I think the technology is there, but the question is it's scalable. And that's where I think the changes are coming. It's really about do are we able to multiply what we're doing and to make it affordable because, again, you know, industry commerce is going to be based on profit. Mm-hmm. And so we're hoping that the investments that we make in our infrastructure – will then help us where we'll get more charging stations for, for electric vehicles. But we also can't forget about our, our, our what we call communities of concern. And there's simple things we can even do there. It's about, you know, weatherizing homes and ensuring that we build infrastructure in the neighborhoods that need it the most as well. So where I see us going is we're going to get to a point to where Climate change is going to drive us to be more resilient. And what does that mean? That means we're, we're in order to save the climate, we're going to have to get off greenhouse gases. What is that? And then that translates into solar, wind, and, and battery storage because, again, you don't have solar and so the sun's not always out and the wind's not always blowing. So you need that resiliency with the battery storage. You're going to need that support with our, um, uh, what do they call it, the hydrogen fuel cells and things like that. So I see us continuing to move forward, but I think our communities, in particular our veteran community, needs to start asking the question, how can I be involved now, not later? And so the entrepreneurial spirit, make sure that the entrepreneurs are getting involved in these kinds of operations. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like, you know, even for our active duty uh, service members, that they are thinking about the future while they're in the service, you know, to get that trained to move into those areas and to get trained as well as they can in things like propulsion, like you were saying, or those areas that relate directly to this. And, you know, we have, uh, it sounds like you're really intimately involved, because I like that connection, that you're very intimately involved in the green movement, you know, about how we uh, try to save the planet with all the things that we're seeing. 
And if you don't believe in, uh, you know, global warming, just uh, look down uh, into Louisiana and look at New Jersey and New York. I mean, it's like how much do we need before this is really becomes apparent to us? But okay, California. So, that's right. <laughs> so Rob, uh, Rob Howard, thank you so much uh, for being on Zodiac Solutions LLC. Uh, we are really our partner, and uh, we look working into the future with you and to your partner, Rob, uh, Rod Matthews, as well. Uh- Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.